Are you blessed? How do we measure that in our eyes? I was at a wedding a month ago. I shared this at one point. That this man, I was talking to him, getting to know him. I'm like, hi, who are you? And he was sharing with me that he was successful in investing in cryptocurrency. And he said, I am so blessed. Do we think that people with more money are more blessed? More blessed than me? Or if somebody experiences hardship or a loss, do we think of them as afflicted, unfortunate, even cursed? The prophet Jeremiah says today, cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He goes on to say, blessed rather is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that, that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes, its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. Did you know that what causes a tree to deepen its roots is really strong winds and storms? So if a, if a tree does not experience flagstaff wind, then it, it won't actually dig its roots down. That it's, by analogy, that it's in moments of difficulty that, that almost force us to, to dig deeper as well. And what's interesting is this image that the prophet Jeremiah gives us. Is he doesn't say that there, there's not going to be heat and drought. He says, no, no. It's not about avoiding the suffering. If you figure that out, let me know. You could patent it and make a lot of money or something. But that's actually not the point of life. We think it is. I want to do whatever I can to avoid suffering. And God doesn't want us to suffer. But even, even this tree that's mentioned, it experiences heat and drought. But if we are rooted in the Lord, that even when difficult times come, that we can still be people of life, people of joy and peace. I've heard different people say to me at different times that uh, even recently someone shared that, uh, Father, nothing I tried worked, that I had no choice but to turn to God. And, and I just felt, I'm like, amen, brother, I've been there. That no matter what I've tried, it, it doesn't work. And I have no choice, no recourse but to turn to God. But, but thankfully, I don't have to wait till nothing's working. I don't have to wait to hit rock bottom to turn to God. And in fact, it's actually better to just turn to God now so that I can root myself in him and be ready when the storms come. Psalm 1 that we heard today, which sounds important, doesn't it? The first psalm, 
He says, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospers. Now, we don't believe as Catholics in the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is if you really just pray and, and hope and have enough faith, God will like make you a millionaire. It's like there's a lot of people praying to win the lottery and stuff, and it's not working. So we, we don't believe in that. What we believe is that if my hope is in the Lord, then I will prosper. That, that, that my faith will prosper whether I have money or not. If I place my trust in God rather than other things. And, and it's real subtle how we, we place our hope in other things. Um, re- recently, I started um, a master, another master's for myself. Um, so I don't know why I did that. But it, so I'm back as a student again. And my first semester back after 14 years in school, uh, being away from school, and the first assignment I got back, you know, there's a learning curve. I didn't get a, gr- I didn't get a very good grade or a grade that I wanted. And I was like, ooh, oh, that hurt. And I felt myself reflecting. I was like, you know what? Stupid teacher. No, I was like, no, I, like, I, don't, I don't need this. You know what? I don't need to take this class. You know, maybe I should just drop this class. Maybe, and I found myself just getting all worked up. And I was like, wait, hold on a second, Father Matt. You preach this. Like, I don't want my identity and my self-worth to be tied up in my grades. That if that's where I'm finding my happiness or my identity or what my life is all about, at some point it's going to give way. And, and kind of in a weird way, like two weeks later, I got a, a good grade and I felt myself, I was in such a good mood and then I caught myself again. I was like, wait a minute. Is my happiness tied to the grades I'm getting? Because it works in both directions. But then I was like, no, 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 it's just... In a healthy way, it's an affirmation that I've been paying attention, that I'm learning what I should be learning. So I can, you can feel good about good grades, but I don't want my identity to be in them because what happens when they fade away? Because everything fades away except God and all that exists in him. And so am I finding my happiness in him who endures or in other things. And usually we don't know it until it fades away, such as relationship. Somewhere, I don't know, in our readings or something got me thinking about relationship. That when relationships are ruptured, that, that, it, that it hurts. And then it reveals to me how much I'm putting into this relationship. Was, it, was I putting my happiness into this thing going well? Or is my happiness in God, and then I receive this relationship in God in a healthy way? This is all setting the stage for our gospel where Jesus gives us the, it's the Beatitudes according to Luke. And in Matthew it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. But Luke says, no, blessed are you who are poor. And it's like, well, I, don't, I don't feel very blessed. I think because I'm thinking about a worldly sense of being blessed. 
But, but Jesus starts the whole thing, and it says on a, Jesus stands on a level ground. And the reason it's a level ground is because by, you could think of it one way, that this is a level playing field that anybody can experience it. That it's not just for the rich or the well-off, but that all of us can experience this blessedness by God. And in fact, God wants this for everybody. And so Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor, who are hungry, who are weeping. When people hate you, exclude, insult you. Rejoice and leap for joy. Your reward will be great in heaven. That when we experience these things, these become moments where nothing will satisfy us. When human consolations fail and all I have left is God. And that God is the one who chooses, Jesus chooses to be poor with us. Jesus chooses to weep with us. Jesus chooses to be hated and excluded and insulted. And when you and I experience those things, it's actually an invitation into a deeper part of Jesus' heart, into a deeper part of God's own heart, a level of intimacy that we could never have otherwise. And you don't know it till you experience it. I mean, you might hear these words and be like, okay, that's great. I don't, I don't really care for that. And you can say that, by the way. You can say, God, I don't ever want to experience that. Take that cup away from me. But not my will. Your will be done. That Jesus is the one who, he, not only does he go to the cross, but he takes all these things that pain us and he, he smashes them. And he rises from the dead. That even the greatest poverty that we experience, death. That Jesus shows that he's power, more powerful than that. That he's greater than that. That we need not fear death or anything else. That our faith is in the Lord. The faith is in the one whom we don't see. And I don't want to get caught up in putting my faith in the things that I do see. That's the temp- So the invitation today is... To lean into God. Because if I can find my happiness in God, whether I have money or not, that's true freedom. If I can find happiness whether people like me or don't, that's true freedom. Because sometimes those, when those moments come and people are not happy with me or I feel you know, a, a relationship ruptured or that I can feel so broken... Rightfully so. But it becomes a new moment to stretch out our, my roots to God, to find my happiness in Him and say, God, I was really hoping for this and it didn't happen, but maybe it's okay. And when we can experience blessedness, God's closeness in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, like we say in the marriage covenant that we can find blessedness in everything. There was a philosopher named Edith Stein. She was a secular uh, Jewish woman, and she went to Göttingen University. She was a student, she was an assistant to Edmund Husserl. Uh, this is in the early 20th century. She became good friends with Husserl assistant, this man named Adolf Reinach, 
and his wife. So this is early, second, early 20th century philosopher. But during World War I, this professor, this assistant, went to war and was killed. And so here's this woman, Edith Stein, this, this person that she worked with is now dead. And she, she's like, I'm going to, I want to go, I don't want to, but I'm going to go visit his widow, his wife, that remains behind to pay my respects. And so Edith goes to visit this woman, and the, the family, the Rhinex, they were Christians, and she felt kind of uncomfortable. But Edith was totally surprised when she met a woman of faith. And this is what she says. This was my first encounter with the cross and the divine power it imparts to those who bear it. It was the moment when my unbelief collapsed and Christ began to shine his light on me. Christ in the mystery of the cross. She went to comfort the wife who lost her husband, but instead it was the wife who was comforting her. Because of her faith, this atheist actually experienced conversion and came to faith. That Edith Stein eventually became Saint Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, a Carmelite saint in our church. But it began because of a Christian's peace, joy, and faith in the midst of mourning. You can't fake that stuff. You could only have it if you're deeply rooted in God. And so we come here today that our faith, that Jesus, that Mass, is more important than anything, Super Bowl included, <laughs> that, that being here, allowing the Lord to be the center of our lives, that's how we find blessedness in all things.